Welcome to the Connect Church Podcast. Our mission is to connect the disconnected to a growing relationship with God. You can connect with God, and we can help. A few weeks ago, Amanda and I were driving home from an event with a bunch of connectors, a bunch of you all, and we were just celebrating the fact that we get to be a part of this church family. It's a privilege to serve as your lead pastor, but far beyond that, we're just thankful that we get to be a part of this community. You're our friends, you're our family, so thanks for following Jesus with us. Ministry has not always been a joy, though. When I was starting out just four months into my first pastoral ministry role, I wanted to quit. I had just graduated from CCU, had a degree in Bible, was studying at, the De- at Denver Seminary, and at the time I was serving on staff at a church in Littleton doing middle school ministry. And for seven years, I dreamed of being a youth pastor. And then I was one, and it was a nightmare. I had always pictured connecting with students, grabbing Froyo with them, attending their sporting events, sitting in the stands, cheering them on. And as I went about doing this, I quickly realized that I couldn't personally connect with, disciple, and care for each of the students. In fact, when I did, I wasn't even very good at it. I felt like a complete failure as a youth pastor. So I sat across from my boss one day and I told him, I want to quit. And he understood. So we started to discuss a transition plan. But before we told the students in the church, we had a previously planned youth pastor's retreat up in Keystone. And one night at this retreat, we just went out for drinks. Now I'm not one, I don't really like the taste of beer. So I'm just sitting at the bar, I'm drinking my water. He's enjoying a beer. And he just looks at me and says, Chris, what do you think we hired you to do? I said, well, disciple middle school students, pretty confidently. And he looks at me, he's like, yeah. And how do you think we want you to do that? I was like, well, lead youth group on, on Sundays and on Tuesdays, and then personally connect with the students throughout the week. And, and he paused, and then he asked me a question that radically shifted my perspective on pastoral ministry. He said, what if... What if you invested in your youth leaders and they invested in the students? Would you be interested in that? I, without hesitation, was like, yeah, I'd love that. I mean, my youth leaders, they're, they're phenomenal at connecting with students. They do a great job of caring for them. They know what's going on in their lives. They follow up. I would love that. We could care for far more students that way. And he looks back at me and he says, great, because that's what we actually hired you to do. We got in the car, the conversation ended, but my ministry career, it was just getting started. And now multiplying for impact by developing leaders who disciple and care for others, it is central to our strategy as a church because we deeply care about everyone that God brings and invites to be part of this community. Now, in the eight years since this conversation, what I've learned is that this wasn't just a personal preference. This is actually God's plan for caring for people. And what we're going to do, like we've done throughout this series, is we're going to look at a story from the Old Testament. And then we're going to be inspired by a story from our own church family about how God wants to intersect 
our story in a way that we just, we just want to share it with others. What we learned last week is that when God is first in our art, He's first in our giving, and we're in the middle of this two-week initiative where we're joining God's work in Haiti by giving sacrificially to help repair some wells there that are at churches. And our hope is that we can repair these wells, providing the Haitians with clean drinking water. And ultimately, because they're at churches, we'd love them to experience living water, life with Jesus. Now, if you still want to be a part of this, you can just check out our app and be sure to select the Hope Rising Haiti Fund on our giving page and you can be a part. We're going to celebrate God's impact through us next week. Now, today we're discovering how you can be known, loved, and cared for no matter how big God chooses to grow Connect Church. And you better believe we pray that God grows Connect Church because every one matters to Him and every one matters to us. Now, if you got a Bible, I invite you to turn with me to Exodus chapter 18. We're going to learn from the story of Moses and Jethro today to see how we can care for others and you can be cared for yourself. If you need a Bible, you can of course follow along in our free church app where there's a place you can jot down some notes as well as you, while you listen to this message. Now, at this point in history, God has led the Israelites out of Egypt. He's parted the Red Sea. He has provided food and water for them in the wilderness. And God even just recently gave them victory over the Amalekites in battle. Moses has been God's appointed leader through all of this, but Moses knows who's really pulling off all of this. He knows that God's the one working behind the scenes, moving, miraculously doing what he's going to do. In fact, sometimes God would move through leaders like Aaron and others to help bring about what God's doing. When Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, arrives one day, They celebrate all that God's been doing, the parting of the Red Sea, the victories, the provision, the whole deal. Everything seems just great when they fall asleep that night. That is, until the next morning. But first, let's pause and pray, and let's ask God to show us how He wants to intersect our story. Lord, thank You for Your Word, the opportunity to open it together now. Would You speak? Would you speak through the words you gave Jethro thousands of years ago? Would you speak through the interaction he had with Moses? And would you speak to us about how you want to intersect our story, how you want to care for us, how you want to involve us in your community? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's pick up the story in Exodus 18, starting in verses 13 through 18. The next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people. And they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, What is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge, while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses answered him, Because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions." Okay, listen to all those personal pronouns Moses used. Me, me, I. I mean, does he have like a hero complex or something? Moses' father-in-law replied, What you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. 
Moses' intent was to care for everyone. It was a noble intent. Everyone deserves to be cared for, but one can't care for everyone. Moses had this big heart, and he wanted to ensure everyone is cared for, but Jethro points out that Moses is actually the obstacle to his own goal. You see, when he is the answer to every problem, there's a problem. So his approach, Moses' approach, it was inefficient, it was burdensome. He wasn't going to be able to effectively, meaningfully care for all the people. And not only would he not be able to care for them, it was, he was going to wear himself out and he was going to wear the people out in the process. Now, everyone matters. Jethro knew this. And what's the plan that he proposed? Well, it's a very wise plan, and he mapped it out as follows. This is the meaningful, the sustainable approach to care. Verse 19, listen now to me and I will give you some advice and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as official, officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases, they can decide themselves. As my boss clarified my job description, Jethro cl uh, clarifies Moses' job description. He did it as follows. Teach the people the ways of God, empower godly leaders, and navigate difficult cases. Jethro essentially says, Moses, you can't do it all alone. You can't meaningfully care for everyone, so develop leaders to care for others. Today, I'll say it like this. We is better than me for you and me. Because listen to how Jethro concluded. Picking up in the second half of verse 22, that will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this, and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. Jethro is like, Moses, this approach to care is both good for you and for them. It won't break you and it's better for them. Your goal is noble, but you can't be the hero. One, can't care for everyone. So we is better than me for you and me. Sustainable care comes through shared care. For Moses, this meant appointing godly leaders over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens, which the following verses tell us he did just as Jethro instructed. And like Moses, I want to care for everyone. I want to care for you. I want to care for your kids. I want to care for your neighbor who is grieving the loss of their loved one. I want to care for your friend who is questioning their beliefs. I want to care for whoever God brings through our doors. And I wish I could grab coffee with each of you. I wish I could hear what's going on in your life, hear your story, process things, pray with you, because I love you and I love being with you. But even now, as we're a small church, I feel the tension of not being able to adequately, meaningfully care for everyone. It'd be foolish to think that I could do it all. Scripture certainly instructs the opposite. There are invites, even now, when we're a small church, when we're still getting started, there are invites that I wish I could say yes to, 
There are opportunities I wish I could be a part of. There are conversations I would love to have. But scripture teaches us that because God cares about everyone, he has a a plan of care, a plan to, to show his love to everyone. And it's not a single leader. It's actually a team of leaders. I've heard it said that 98% of pastoral care is having someone who cares. And and I want you to be cared for. I want you to be discipled. I want someone to be praying for you, encouraging you, pointing you to Jesus. So join a community group. It's actually going to be in a circle in a living room, not in a row in an auditorium, or even by watching something like this behind a screen, that you're going to experience the care you deserve. It's in a circle, not a row that you are gonna be known and cared for. You see, in the past, you actually had to like schedule. You had to come to church. You had to find a time to meet with the pastor if you wanted to ask a spiritual question or if you wanted to grow in your faith. But that's not how things work anymore, is it? I mean, with this, the phone in our pocket, we can do almost anything. I mean, we can listen to a world-class preacher, someone far better than me, and then you can flip over to your Kindle app. You can read a best-selling, Christian book, and then you can just Google search the question you have about faith. And as amazing as self-directed spirituality is, as amazing as it is, the ceiling is actually lower than we think because God created us for relationship. We grow in our relationship with him when we're in relationship with one another. It's how he designed us. We're relational beings. So join a community group where you can make some friends and grow in your faith. And and if you know someone who's disconnected from God or the church, invite them to join you so that they can experience the joy of following Jesus with others too. We have a handful of community groups. They're all over South Denver. We got groups in Parker and Highlands Ranch. We got a group that meets online and we got all kinds of groups. We would love for you to be a part. And when you show up to group for the first time, you are probably gonna meet some people you haven't met before, but they're gonna soon become friends. And in the weeks to come, you're gonna be catching up with these friends. You might share a meal. You definitely are gonna circle up. You're gonna talk about the passage from the message that week. And you're gonna encourage one another how you can live it out in your lives. When you're going through a valley, your group's gonna be there to support you. When you are celebrating on a mountaintop, you better believe they're gonna celebrate with you. So if you wanna be cared for, if you wanna be known, if you wanna be loved, be part of a community group. Look, I could tell you what to expect all day, but why don't you just hear Jordan's experience of being in community? Check this out. Hi friends, my name is Jordan. My husband Jake and I moved to Colorado from Maine last year to help start Connect Church, and then we were blessed with the arrival of our son Cal a few months after moving. After getting married in August of 2015, Jake and I decided that we wanted to pursue a relationship with God more intentionally, so we joined a class called Starting Point, which was at our former church in Maine. This class was intended for both seekers and believers at all different points in their faith journey to come together in a conversational setting to explore their questions, doubts, and thoughts about faith 
and to experience community with others who are on a similar journey. After the class had come to an end, our pastor, who was leading the class, asked if we would be interested in leading a group in our home with the other people who had attended the class. We both felt like we wanted to get more connected and continue to grow our relationship with Christ alongside others. So we felt like this would be a great opportunity to do so. We felt a little intimidated at first, not knowing how many people would come or if we were qualified to lead a group, but we quickly learned that, if we, don't, that we don't have to have all the answers. But we could instead point people to God's word and help find other resources as well. One of my favorite quotes from Mark Batterson's book, The Circle Maker, is God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. My experience in a group has been incredibly positive. Our group in Maine became like family to us, as has our group here in Colorado. Anytime I'm going through something challenging, I know that I can count on my group for prayer and encouragement. Every week I look forward to diving into the Word together and sharing a meal together. Being in a group has impacted my faith in many ways but most importantly has given me a safe space to explore my faith and grow in my relationship with Christ. It's provided me with a community of believers who I can share life experiences with and grow alongside and who have become some of my closest friends. I also have found that being in a group provides the accountability that I need to ensure that I am making my relationship with God a priority. Now I've, I've known Jordan for six years now and I've been able to serve as one of her pastors and that's a great joy of mine. I get to know her personally, especially with Jake working on staff, but you know what? I can't care for her nearly as well as she has experienced from a group. It's in a, it's in a community, it's in a circle where we're going to experience the care and the love and the being known that we all long for. One can't care for everyone. So we, is better than me and that's better for you and it's better for me if you're exploring faith in jesus join a group there's no better way to explore faith than talking about it in a safe place you can even belong with us before you believe what we believe now there's a big difference between signing up for group and showing up to group so show up be a part be an active participant when a group member has a baby how about you're the one who brings them dinner? When a group member is going through something, invite them to coffee. When they need prayer and they have this big interview later that week, text them the morning of that you're praying for them and then follow up after the fact. We are in this together. That's the joy of following Jesus. We get to do it together. And when we do, we grow exponentially in our faith. You know, we dream of the day when we actually have community groups all over South Denver. We're praying that by next year, we'll have a group in every city around us. But the vision doesn't stop there. We dream of a, a time when there's a community group in every neighborhood. You see, Denver is not going to be the third loneliest city in our country if we have anything to say about it. And God's moving. Since the spring, our groups have multiplied from three to five. And we've got groups all over the area. And as we close, I just want to pray for these groups, these leaders, as they begin to gather here 
in the coming weeks. Will you bow your heads? Let's pray together. Lord, thank you that you have a plan for care, a a plan that's sustainable, a plan that involves the gifts of many. I, I lift up Brenda and the Talmans and the Legos and the Zarembas and John and, and even Amanda and myself. And as we launch our groups here in the next couple weeks, would you please empower us by your spirit? Every time we gather, would, would your presence be felt? Would your love be experienced? Would you grow us in faith? Would you help us to care for one another in meaningful ways? And would your love overflow from our groups and would it impact the communities around us? And God, one day we even boldly ask that these groups will multiply into other groups so that more people will get to experience the joy of following you together. We ask this in your name, Jesus. 